Hey, bold ones, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 of the Talk Bible to Me podcast, where we work together through a book of the Bible, verse by verse. This season, we're studying the wonderful, amazing, famous prison epistle, Philippians. Hey, ladies, go ahead and grab your Bibles. We're going to be working through Philippians 4, 10 through 20 today. If you're new, welcome. We're so glad you're here. If you like what you're listening to, why don't you go over to our Patreon page and see if there's a category that fits you. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash The Bold Movement. This podcast is actually an extension of The Bold Movement. We are a women's ministry that trains women how to study their Bibles so that they can go train other women how to study their Bibles. So here's how this podcast works. We're going to read a couple of verses at a time, and then we're going to discuss what that means and then how we can apply it to today. All right, today we're going to be reading from the English Standard Version, often referred to as the ESV. Let's get started. Verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. So let's stop right there and talk about that for a second. Okay. I love that he opened up with, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. So it's not just, uh, I'm thankful to God, but it's like, I'm greatly rejoicing Mm -hmm. that now at length, um, you have started this concern for me and it's not that he's saying like i love that you're miserably concerned for me (laughs) it's like i'm so grateful that god's given me people to be concerned about my well-being and yes yeah community yes which Mm -hmm. i you know in the bold movement ministry one of the not concerns but one of the biggest like things that we hear from women is that um they long for community Mm -hmm. with other women yes which I find absolutely fascinating. Um, and especially you, women that are concerned for you. Yes. That, that look that out your for back. you. Mm-hmm. Women supporting women. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. What do you think that means, Em? I, part of my notes um, from my commentary had talked about how it's likely they probably lost contact for a little while, but not by their fault. Whatever it was that they lost contact, um, they were concerned, but couldn't actually do anything about it. They had no opportunity to do anything about it. It could have been his prison situation. It could have been travel, whatever it might have been. Um, it's not that they weren't concerned all that time. It's just that they were able to revive that to actually do something because they now had the opportunity to do something. I love it. Um, Not that I am speaking being in need for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Just to kind of give a little bit of background on verse 11 here. Paul was probably raised in a wealthy family because he was sent off to train under Gilgamesh. If you guys will remember when we talked about that. I think we talked about that in the intro for Philippians. To send a boy off to be trained as a Jewish boy, and he was also working his way into becoming a Pharisee, there was a lot of money in that. Also, his, I think it's his grandmother, ooh, his grandparents, baby, were Roman citizens, <laughs> <laughs> which gave a little bit of influence there. But he had, he, he, he would have been well off. And then when he converted to Christian or to Christianity from Judaism, it is likely that he lost everything. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things I want us to hear is like as he was training to be 
you know, the top of the top among the Jews, um, one of the stipulations is that you had to be married. And since he was part of that group, um, that would have meant he was married at some Mm -hmm. point. But he says all the time, like, be like me single. I think, and this is not said in the Bible, this is just me tossing an opinion out there. I think his wife probably left him when he converted Mm -hmm. to Christianity. Yeah. I mean, it's Um, probably pretty likely because you think of the fact that he was so high up and he was killing Christians. I mean, whatever wife he had probably went along with it. That's all speculation. Absolutely all speculation. But to go that drastic from killing Christians to being a Christian, there had to be some kind of (laughs) issue in the marriage related to that. Unless she died. That too. She could have died, but I yep. I lean towards the idea that she probably left or something. Yeah. Um. Also, to be we know, I think his family also left him or kind of like turned their backs because he went from being like this top cream of the crop, um, Jew. Um, training under people. He did not have to go out and get a job, right? right. He was able mm-hmm. to train under these people. And then he became a tent maker <laughs> because he was no longer funded, which makes me think that everyone turned their back on him. Mm-hmm. So, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Yep. I think something to pay attention to there. We look at Paul as one of the great leaders of the Christian faith. Yeah, even Paul, that that keyword I have learned in whatever mm-hmm. situation, Paul had to learn contentment. It didn't just come naturally to him. So it's easy to think when you see strong Christian leaders to think that, oh, contentment just comes so easily or this comes so easily. But Paul had to learn it. It's not something that came easily. He had to learn contentment. He had to be taught, whether by other people around him or by God himself, he had to learn how to be content. And I think that's, that can be encouraging to us when we struggle with contentment to know, okay, even the strongest Christian leader had to learn this, had to go through a process of getting to this point. Had to grow in spiritual maturity. Yep. Right. Um, Verse 12, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need and again that's just a continuation of um I've had a lot because I was rich I've been hungry because I was broke (laughs) I had a lot because I was rich I had needs because I was broke (laughs) but despite all of those circumstances I have learned I have matured in my faith and I'm content because the only thing that matters is Christ yep and then the infamous uh Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And I don't think that we need to, like, beat this verse to a pulp (laughs) because, like, I feel like this is the only verse people know how to correct the out of context stuff. (laughs) But, guys, there's a lot more verses used out of context. Yes. Like, come on. But this does not mean you can do anything you want through Christ. Yep. This does not mean that you can win basketball games through <laughs> Christ who gives you strength. It doesn't mean that you can just, you know, win the heart of someone you have a crush on because you can do anything <laughs> through Christ who gives you strength. This means, because in context, remember, read it in context. Mm-hmm. Reading one verse is scary and dangerous. <laughs> you yes. need to read in context. But 
I can do all things. I can be content in all of these things exactly. because Christ is my strength. That's what he's saying there. Yep. I have do another you punch it. Yeah, I have a really good uh, little note for my commentary as well on this one. It says in Stoic philosophy, the word content described a person who accepted impassively whatever came. This philosophy fostered a self-sufficiency in which all the resources for coping with life were located within a person. In contrast, Paul locates his sufficiency in Christ, who provides strength for believers. And I think that's um, that's pretty pretty relevant today. I think we have a lot of people that will say, "Find peace within yourself," or "Find your well-being within yourself." You know, it's all within you already. Um, and Christ, <laughs> or Christ, Paul is saying absolutely not. Um, all of our peace, everything that makes us content comes from Christ alone. So, And his strength. And, and I love strength. it when um, Paul Ose also wrote, um, it's in my weakness mm-hmm. that Christ's strength is made perfect, which doesn't mean it's not perfect without us. It means it's completed. We are completed through that. So. Right. Yeah. Second Corinthians 12. Well, my- hot. Oh my gosh, you fancy Bible scholar! It's in it's in my notes. Oh, <laughs> I was so impressed. Like I know that's a famous verse, but still, that's impressive. You know, just can pull them out of my head right there. Look, I knew I put. Girl, oh. girl. Verse verse fourteen. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. Um, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Um, I want to stop there for a second. Um, it was kind of you to share my trouble. Christ called us to bear each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. And as a self-proclaimed empath, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> that was really dumb. I don't know why I said that. Anyway. <laughs> I am an empath. Empath. I say empath, and I always get corrected. It's, is it, it's I, empath? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel people's <laughs> feelings. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. And as someone who feels people's feelings, it is really easy to feel their burden, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean I share in carrying it. Yeah. And absolutely. that's a hard oh, man. distinction that I've had to make. Yeah. And I also think it's really important to set boundaries for my emotions so mm-hmm. that I can help them. Um, carry their burdens so mm-hmm. I can mourn with those who are mourning which is really easy because like if I see someone crying I immediately start tearing up even commercials it's so dumb <laughs> <laughs> like god I got you there um, <laughs> rejoicing with those who rejoice um, depends on what we're rejoicing about if we're rejoicing yeah. at something that you've been successful at and I haven't that's really hard yeah yeah it's really hard to rejoice with people especially when you are not in a successful season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in our emotionally driven world too, with so much focus on our, our self, our self emotions, the fact of looking at someone else's emotions and not only sharing it with them, but really putting their emotions before yours, um, like that's just not normal in our world to do that, to share in someone's troubles, not only emotionally, but then you take that emotion and you put action behind it. Mm-hmm. That's hard. So, <laughs> so how do you bear one another's burdens? I think you pray with mm-hmm. them and for them, mm-hmm. not just say it, but do it. I think you just sit and listen 
And um, something I've learned in ministry is that people in crisis just repeat themselves. Yeah. Um, They'll say the same thing over and over and over again. It's the same thing about whatever they're going through. And that can be frustrating because it's like, you've already said this. Mm -hmm. But part of sharing that is just letting them Mm -hmm. talk it out, just being present with them. And then sometimes, you know, jolting them back to reality. Like, you know what? You've complained about this a lot. So, like, what solutions are we going to offer? And just kind of helping them get out of that cycle Mm -hmm. of whatever at the appropriate time. I just finished studying Job and – the thing that really, oh, <laughs> it was, whew, I kept telling my husband, like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, no, it ended up being really, really, really good because I'm also a very um, emotional empathy kind of person. And one of the main takeaways that I got from reading it was the importance of good counseling and being a good counselor because the friends around Job they just wanted to say what they wanted to say and they wanted to be right instead of listening to him and hearing what he was going through and even just sitting in silence with him. Like they talked and talked and would not shut their mouths. And even the very last young guy that ends up talking to him has some good things to say, but like he literally says, shut your mouth so I can tell you all the wisdom that I have. And it's like, no, that's not what it's about. It's about walking through things with people and trying to understand and sharing that by listening more than you speak. Yeah, I identify with that guy. Mm-hmm. I want to say that to a lot of my friends. <laughs> like, just be quiet so I can tell you all this wisdom and truth I'm about to drop. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I wish I could say I'm kidding. I'm not. <laughs> But um, I'm not going to pray for humility because that sucks. Um, I'll, just, I'll try to practice it a little more. Um, yeah, I love it. And I love that it's not – this is a letter to uh, an entire church. Yeah. So you were kind to share my troubles. It's not just one person. It's right. multiple people. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. That's just really cool to me. Um, and I think that's one of the things that builds – true community um i think based on conversations i've had with different pastors and different church leaders there is a struggle in the american church for people to find community outside of just going to church on the weekend Mm -hmm. and then leaving um it's becoming like sometimes it's hard not and i'm guilty of it too i'm not just pointing a finger it's hard not to show up go through the motions and then leave Mm -hmm. and then go live your life and like what efforts have I made to build community and friendships with people at the church or, you know, like things like that. That's one of the main conversations I feel like we have with people in our church is about community, focus on Mm -hmm. community. Either they are grateful for the community that they have because it stands out to them or they wish they had more community, but it's almost always 99% of the time our conversations are about community, which is interesting to me. Yes. And I've, I have talked to some churches who are doing community really well. Mm-hmm. And I've asked them, what, how, what are you doing? And honestly, some churches just have it figured out. I don't know what they're doing. Holy Spirit's <laughs> blessing them. Like, way to go, you. I am rooting for you. <laughs> share some of that with me, Can please. you share it? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no. But there are other churches that I look at, and it's almost like a fake community. Yeah. Um, and I hate calling them out for this, but I'm going to do it. It's shallow, it's surface level, it's 
let's meet and talk about cheese and meats. <laughs> that's literally, that literally was a thing. Um, let's talk about meats and cheeses. And that makes us community and friends. That does not make you a community and friends. What right. makes you a community and friends is sharing in each other's burdens, mm-hmm. encouraging one another, taking yep. on things like this. And I think, you know, the church in Philippi kind of got it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But it seems to me like they got it. And it takes time. It takes so oh, much yeah. time to build that kind of deep community. And so I think Absolutely. that people that get frustrated if they don't have it, a lot of times we'll ask them, well, how long How long are you investing in the friendships around you? Like, are you expecting this to clip, click within, you know, a couple of weeks or just one season of meeting with a group? No, it takes time and it takes going through things together and yeah. staying, staying even after things get hard. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Went over. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I love people. 15. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again, which I think is cool. This is, remember, Paul is also a church planter. So when he left Macedonia, nobody wanted to partner with him, <laughs> which I find fascinating. Could, yeah. could you imagine a church oh my goodness, nah to the so, Apostle Paul? <laughs> and how discouraging because I think it'd be easy to hear that and be like, I'm not meant for this. Oh, yeah. And I am so easily discouraged. <laughs> Which sucks. I mean, it's so, you know, just tell me you don't like me. And my whole world is upside down for a week. And I'm like, you know, got to call Dr. West. Shout out to Dr. West Beavis if you guys need a counselor. We're just shouting out all the people tonight. Anyway, um, when I left Macedonia, no church would enter into a partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Um, when he went to Thessalonica, they sent him his needs. Mm-hmm. Not just one time, but once and again. Once and again. Excuse me. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Now, I will say this until I'm blue in the face because it's the truth. Ministry costs money. <laughs> It does. It is not like anyone who says it doesn't has probably never done it. (laughs) (laughs) And, or, you know, like, oh, well, you can share the gospel without money. Yeah, but how are you going to invest in people that it literally said no one in the church will have a need? Like, that means someone's got to pay something somewhere, (laughs) right? So, um, this church was like well off enough where they could send money to help him. Not that he was speaking it out. He's not trying to get rich off of this. But money, when it's used for the glory of God, will produce fruit. Amen. It says so in the Bible. But I seek the fruit that increases yep. to your credit. God God is going to reward you for that. Like, maybe not in the way we would like. But you'll, yeah. you know, like, you'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And a, a word to any leaders listening to this podcast to flip it on the other side, mm-hmm. the fact that Paul adds that, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. He cared more about their spiritual growth than the gift itself. And that's important to listen to when you're thinking of bearing one another's burdens. It should not be about what you get from it. It should be completely about helping other people grow, that spiritual growth. Yes. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? There are websites out there. If you are just not sure about a ministry, like you want to give money to them and you're just not sure how they're using their money, there are websites out there that rate ministries to make sure they're using it properly. You can double check. So like there's no reason not to give. And God loves a cheerful giver. He does. <laughs> um, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied having received from you, uh, Epi- <laughs> Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. A fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Hope you're still listening. We hope you're still listening. Um, on a serious note, if you would like to be part of our Patreon, make sure to go check out patreon.com forward slash the bold movement. It helps two broke girls out. <laughs> Amen, sister. It helps our ministry. It's wonderful. Um, all right, let's pick up in verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So in verse 19, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory. I think that's fascinating. Um, my mom would always tell me, Megan, you can't outgive God. Aww. And I was always like, oh, yeah, because I'm broke. <laughs> but I will say this, and I'm not. This is not prosperity gospel. I'm trying to speak to you. This is not send us all of your money and God will bless you. That is not what I am saying. Pay your bills first. Like pay what you owe first. But I will say this. Anytime that I have given um, money, whether it be tithe or giving to a ministry or something, um, I'm not going to sit here and say that God blessed me with tons of money. But I was super blessed because of the joy and contentment Mm -hmm. I had in my heart by helping other people. And if you're not sure, like, where you want to give money, just take a look at what your passions are, what excites you, Um, especially when it comes to sharing the gospel. What ministries are, is your heart in a certain country? Is your heart in a certain type of ministry? Figure that out and give them money. Show them that you care. Show them, pray for them, love them. Send the money. I mean, good grief. Let's I'll beat it to death. <laughs> no, I do love this because I think this um this can be easily swerved into prosperity gospel. But mm-hmm. then we swing to the other pendulum where we say God doesn't give any gifts, and that's not true either. And so, you know, truth is in the middle on this one where it's not that God will give you whatever you want, and it's not that God doesn't give you anything. But he does give us according to what he feels is right for us. And sometimes that is a material thing. And sometimes that is a spiritual thing. And <laughs> most like, of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yes. <laughs> but it's knowing yeah. to be content regardless. Because, you know, maybe one month it's that your bills get paid because someone gives you extra money and that's your blessing. Or sometimes it's that, I don't know, you feel content with knowing that God's going to provide for you, whatever that may, might be. I'm ranting, but all that to say, um, I love what Paul's saying here because he's basically saying God is going to give the Philippians what Paul himself could not give them. Like Paul could not reimburse them for the gift that they'd given him. He was literally not able to. He was in prison. He was (laughs) poor. He had nothing. Um, And he's saying, no, God sees what you've done. And 
he's not going to leave you empty handed for the way that you've um, blessed me. And there's a couple of verses um, and I have them on my notes. They're not from my brain. Um, but Proverbs eleven twenty five it says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched and the one who waters will himself be watered. Um, that's one of those ways God promises when we bless others, we will be, we will be blessed. And again, that's not just material. That is many different ways that God blesses us. Um, and Proverbs, most of the time that's spiritual maturity. Right. Yes. He blesses you with growth and in giving. Yep. It, you will find contentment. Yes, exactly. Like it's, it's, it's never about us. It's whatever blessing we get is never about us. So if, if you're thinking that you're, you know, however God blesses you, if you're thinking it's about you, you've missed it because <laughs> it's, it's supposed to point you back to the creator who has given you everything. He is the one who can give. We can't, we cannot possibly, like you just said, outgive God. <laughs> um, yeah. And in a world full of chaos, anxiety, stress, unknown, mm-hmm. what more do people long for than contentment and right. peace? Yep. And as we were talking about before we started this podcast, simple living. The more simple we live, the more contentment we have in Christ because yep. we're not distracted by everything around us. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. My, <laughs> I popped my ear, my earbud out. We're, we don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, that's all I had to say on it, actually. Just that it's it's really uh, encouraging to hear that the gifts of this world, it's it's all on God to reimburse any, any blessing we could ever, you know, hope yeah. to give. And then at the end, he says, to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. It's not about you. The glory goes to God. And actually, like, as we grow in our faith and as we grow in our spiritual maturity, like, it's fun for God to get the glory. Mm -hmm. Not every time. I'm not going to lie. There's times (laughs) where I'm like, man, I want (laughs) to, I want credit for that. But, (laughs) I mean, come on, like. How cool yep. is it, you know? I know. I have I have one more little note for my commentary on that on that verse. I used to read these verses like to God our Father, be glory forever and ever. I would kind of skim over them. Right. Um, and especially the last ones that we'll do next week. But um, but for this one in particular, I would read those and just kind of be like, eh, whatever, what does that mean? But my commentary really kind of brought it to life for me this week. It said the source of that supply, so the supply of the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The source of that supply is the heaven, heavenly glorious riches that Christ now enjoys. Small wonder that Paul closes this beautiful passage with a doxology. The glory of God's providential care must always be recognized by his children. Even the eternal ages yet to come will not be sufficient to exhaust the praises that belong to him. Um, I just love that because it's that idea of all the riches that he has and that he can give us like all of the the blessings of contentment and peace, all of those things, even eternity will not be enough to cover what he can give, which is awesome and amazing. Forever and ever, amen. (laughs) Forever and ever, amen. And amen means like... Agreeance. May the the Lord's will be done on this. Like, (laughs) Okay. My kids... My kids... 
well, my daughter, she's um, three, and she we watch Right Now Media a lot, like the um, app, and there's kids' cartoons, and there's one on there where they pray every night at dinner, and they say amen instead of amen, and so now she insists that her whole family says amen very formally, and if we say amen, she she gets very angry, so we're becoming oh. a more formal amen oh. family. I bet she says tomato, too. <laughs> tomato. <laughs> Guys, the Bold Movement is a ministry that helps Christian women gain confidence in their biblical literacy, faith, and evangelism through customizable content strategically created to work with community support to enhance and expand the kingdom of God. We'll be back next week, and we hope you join us. This is a quick reminder that you can partner with us through our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Bold Movement. All right, ladies, until next time, go out and be bold.